Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. that Brian Danielson is on a final countdown. Oh, absolutely spectacular. Stand, please. Everybody clap, everybody clap. See what he did there. Very good. Because you sort of announced a retirement on this episode of Collision. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. A little bit. So yeah, welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. Please do press the subscribe button if this is your first time here. And give us a little thumbs up as well. Leave your comment down below if you're watching this on demand. Because I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by your jam that champion, the truth, the professor, Dan Layton. The influencer, Dan oh, Layton. Hey, that. <laughs> <laughs> that. This is my first, uh, this is our first Collision since... Um, the my re- retention at all out so i wanted to show off mm-hmm. i still got it well done you by thank the thank you very much i mean it's it's no easy feat to uh, to retain against tempest on a show like all out yeah certainly absolutely. not so but i managed it well done you skin of my teeth so come on colliders let's get on board the dan train <laughs> um yeah we're gonna be reviewing aew collision but if you are watching live please do get in your no mega can't really call them no mega chats anymore well, i mean because... kenny still hasn't been on there so and, they, and they can't be cmdms <laughs> so that was our alternative yeah so uh, we need gonna... we need an all we need a new name everyone so we have them just be ultra chats for a while for now yeah. yeah we'll call them ultra chats for the time being until we can get a, a good uh joke in there you go um uh from and i'm yet I'm, another thing to fall down the, by the wayside yeah. in the past couple of weeks i'm looking at you live chat um so yeah <laughs> please do get in your comments down below and your live chats to restalk.com forward slash support we'll read out all of them above the five us dollar amount hopefully fingers crossed we will have no Streamlabs issues. Oh, have there been Streamlabs aplenty? Well, yeah. I mean, we had the period of time where Streamlabs lost everyone's username. That wasn't fun. wasn't displaying yeah. usernames properly. And then we, last week, we had issues where it wasn't accepting PayPal. It was only accepting, like, oh. credit cards. And that meant that people can send chats in. Yeah. So hopefully, they fixed some of their issues now. You'd hope. We You'd certainly have uh, chats in already. So, yes, you know, let's hope. Fingers crossed. But we are going to talk about... Uh, Ricky Chats? Mm. Um, we are going to talk about this segment with Danielson. Yes. So Danielson came out with a recap of the strap match. And in in this, he you know said that he's gonna he wanted a match at Rest Dream against Zack Sabre Jr. Which I 
did you see uh, Zach's response? I did not. Oh, it was great. So he cut a promo at it after a New Japan show. Great. It was just like, about bloody time. Like Love you, know, that. you keep talking about how like you're the best technical wrestler in the world, but I surpassed you years ago, dickhead. Lovely. I love him. I, I just cannot wait for that match. I love Zach so much. Yeah. So yes, that was that was really, really cool. And the crowd were like, oh, when they <laughs> and later on they confirmed that match was happening. And he also had the segment with Ricky Starks, who came out with Big Bill, and it felt like Danielson was about to offer him a spot in the combat club. Certainly the implication. Because he was like, if you want to ride with us, you've got to bleed with us. And you it was about to say like you play with us. But Big Bill just booted Danielson, almost as if like, I'm not losing my meal ticket in Ricky. Yeah. So booted him down and Ricky kind of pulled him off, was like, What are you doing? And then he also made Danielson as well. And he choked Danielson out with the T-shirt. Mm. Mox ran down to make the save, but Big Bill took him out as well to set up their international championship match on Wednesday. But yeah, it was a uh, like absolutely battered him, and stood and he choked him out with his own T-shirt with the Blackpool Combat Club, which t-shirt. gave shades of both uh, the match all out and Justin Roberts, like you know exactly. So. Should we talk about that? those bits first? Those two bits. We'll talk about the Zach thing and the, the yeah. Ricky thing. And, then, and then we'll talk about the the, the start of his promo. So I um, was kind of a little bit like... First of all, I just think Ricky Starks continues to get better. You know, every single week, I think he really delivers. And I think I felt, uh, you know, the, the, it was a difficult couple of weeks with the punk news and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff going on. And you had to feel for Ricky Starks because he was in the middle of a program that oh, was yeah. really you know, laying things out on a, on a platter for him. And he was taking his opportunities. So many times you get handed these opportunities and you don't make them count. And he has been. Um, so then that match at All Out for me was my match of the night, one of my match of the years. It, w- it was absolutely matches of the year. It was absolutely spectacular. And a large part of that was the, the finish. Um, I was a little bit... when he hand, when he When Danielson was holding out the shirt for Ricky, I was a little bit like... I mean, I guess that's interesting, but I don't want this for you because for me, it would have felt like uh, stilting his progress. And now on the one hand, you're with some of the biggest names in the company. On the other hand, you're, you could be really eager, you, you know? Yeah, but that, that was the, the whole point of the combat club when they launched it was it was supposed to be for these young kids. Mm. It was, you know, and they like, said names like Yuta and Garcia and sort of mm. like Ricky is kind of lumped in with those, like these young kids who are hungry for an opportunity and we can cultivate you within the club. Mm. Um, but I agree on that note of like, I when it was like, you know, Ricky, I was kind of like, ah, if only because I thought it might be Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah. Because after the Cassidy main event with Moxley, I said to Ollie on the All Out review, I was like, oh, man, it would be so cool if, like, on Dynamite, they're offering him a spot in the Blackpool Combat mm. Club because he's bled with them now and he, like, withstood so much. And I was like, and wouldn't that be, like, fascinating trying to lure him away from best friends, this comedy group, to into the Combat Club? And, and as, with, a, as an evolution of his work, that has already been great. And Wheelie Uta is in that mm. group, who was also formerly of best friends, oh, like, as a way to talk yeah. into that program. I think there's more mileage in, in Cassidy being that guy. But this segment did work for me with Ricky, because you had the big bill sort of like yeah in there. because i like the big bill and ricky pairing you know mm-hmm. so i i was like i also don't want them to because it feels like it is doing you know you, you said meal ticket but it is doing that for big bill it's giving him a little purpose it's giving him a little uh time to, to share the spotlight with ricky starks not detracting from it but you know blooming in the spotlight kind of thing so i really like that pairing and i was like you know i'd, I'd like to have them continue and so it started it worked for me in the end and then big bill cuts a little promo later on on mocks yeah. so the story between the um, the teens, I suppose, continues. There was a little effective little segment. Um, I don't 
I, I think they really need to capitalize on Ricky Starks because I think he has shown over the past month and a half on Collision, but also um, in that match with Danielson, he has what it takes. That match thrown together with like kind of zero heat, let's be honest, until, you know, the, the moment of announcing it was Danielson was cool, but we've never really seen this as a prospect. You put Brian Danielson in a match last minute, 24 hours, it's going to deliver, but that's because he's Brian Danielson. Because he's Brian Danielson. And he's magic. Yeah. So um, Ricky kind of, but Ricky, I felt, met the moment, crucially. That's the key to it there, because there's every chance that Ricky could have really stumbled with Punk being gone because this was a Punk program. Mm. Like this, the whole point was it was supposed to be Ricky versus Punker all out before, you know, brawl in and stuff. So it could have just been a case of, Ricky is a victim of Punk's firing mm. and he doesn't then we can't capitalize on all the great work that Ricky has been doing for the last few weeks but bang straight in there with a feud with Danielson yeah and it's like okay well what better way to kind of like keep that ball going is to put you straight into a feud with Danielson and when you think about it we haven't seen a feud of them it, it, it feels like there was a big blowout final match with that incredible moment mm. but that was the first it's the bit. start of a feud yeah like because there wasn't a feud going into all out mm. but like much like my GM mode <laughs> you do the match and that starts a rivalry yeah there you go so yeah I, I, I really really like that and uh as I said, these Axe Jr. matches, muy bueno to me. Yeah. It's a match that people thought they might do it all in mm. because it's, you know, Zach is, is is a mainstay of the British independent wrestling scene. But actually, it was being Osprey was the guy. It's a little shame that he wasn't involved in the show in some way. That said, now knowing they're doing it yearly, he's got opportunities. He's got opportunities to do it there. Yeah. And like, it makes sense to do it, you know, because there was always the argument of like, well, he's not an AEW guy, the other, but I don't, which I don't really get. But... This is a AEW New Japan co-pro show. Mm. So it makes sense to do Wrestle Dream, the match between the dream match mm. that of Danielson and Zach that we were supposed to get at Forbidden Door last year. And then Danielson's injury unfortunately took oh, that away yeah. from us. And that's how Claudio came and it was Claudio and Zach in the end. I am so excited for this. I actually I was on the the the, the stance of I wouldn't do Danielson versus Zach at all in any way. It's too much of a technical match. And if you're for a stadium that big. If you're in the nosebleed, you ain't seeing the intricacies mm. of what they're going to do. And I think that's where you want to like I remember Brian and Finney reviewing the Cruiserweight Classic, which Zach was a part of. Mm -hmm. It's mad to think that Zach was part of a WWE tournament. 2016. As was Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Like Zach and Kota. And they the whole tournament was supposed to be built around them. The final two was supposed to be Kota and Zach with the idea that they'll come here and then they'll want to sign. Mm. And then when they offered them contracts, they were like, oh, no, I don't want to sign here. I right. just thought this would be a fun thing to an do. Opportunity. So they knocked them out of the semis and it was, um, and there was the people. TJP and. TJP and. It was TJP and Ibushi, wasn't it? No, Ibushi got knocked out in the semis. He didn't get to the final? No. Oh. I, was I can't remember who it was now. Um, like Grand Metalik or something. I'm going to find out what he. And, and then they were just like, yeah, it's. Um, Oh, I get TJP, I guess. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. like it was not supposed to be either of those guys. But um, when Brian and Vinny were reviewing the Cruiserweight Classic, Vinny made this point of that Lucha Libre is the whole idea of doing. It was Grand Metal League. Yeah, I was, was right. Was, Grand Metal League knocked out um, Zach. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Well done, you. Survival series, finally. There oh, where's, go. where's that one, Tempest? I could, <laughs> I could at least do the first four. Oh, we could name every winner of the Cruiserweight Classic in reverse chronological order. Or just like name every person in the first Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Cedric, Kramata League, TJP, Zach, Ibushi, Gargano, yep. uh, Champa, yep. Kendrick, yep. Uh, Barbra Streisand, um, <laughs> Chaka Khan. 
Mecha Streisand. Yeah. <laughs> Pass. Um, but anywho, so Brian and Vinny reviews, and he was talking about in Lucha Libre how the idea of Lucha Libre is it's supposed to be like an illusion. You're supposed to do things as quickly Tajiri. as possible. Tajiri! Tajiri was in it. Yep, there's one. Carry on. Um, you're supposed <laughs> to do it as quickly as possible so the audience don't see the transitions and stuff. Yes. But British wrestling is to do the transitions as slow as possible mm. to show the audience this is what I am doing, and that's the difference between the two styles. And Brian and Vinny was like, "I've just, I've never really, I've now get it with yeah. Zach because it, I've never it was, really gotten it before." And it, on the Cruiserweight Classic, it definitely did feel like a different. Mm -hmm. It felt it to the point where people were a bit confused by it. Yeah, you know, uh, Mustafa Ali was in the tournament. Uh, buddy, buddy Matthews. Uh, so, Kenneth Johnson, Akira Tozawa, Jack Gallagher, Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner. Former of, uh, of Imperium. Tajiri. Still in Imperium. Tajiri Van Vinci. What? Yeah, it is. My apologies. Uh, Tajiri, Damien Slater, Alejandro Sayers. Damien Slater? Yeah, Damien Slater. Uh, Grand Metalik, Half, Half Sierra, so one of yeah, the Bollywood, yeah, boys. Bollywood boys. Drew Gulak, Zack Sabre Jr., Tyson Ducks, Noam Dar, mm -hmm. uh, Shear, so the other... Give Sirius the other Hollywood yeah. boy. Uh, Arya Davari. Tony Nice in there, yeah. Ho Ho Lun. Ho Ho Lun. Crikey. Uh, Raul Mendoza. Brian Kendrick. Anthony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Tony Nice. Uh, Kota Ibushi. Sean Maluta. Cedric Alexander. Clement Petois. Uh, TJ Perkins. Damak. Johnny Gargano. Tommaso Ciampa. Mustafa Ali. Lindsay Dorado. Rich Swan. Rich and Jason Swan. Lee. There you go. Rich what a lineup, Swan. hey? What a tournament. Yeah. The tournament was awesome. And the May Young Classics were as well. Very, that was a really good. fun time. Really fun time. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. And this will be a really fun time. Zack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Brian Danielson. There's a little... I just, I've always wanted to go to Seattle. Do you reckon I could expense it? Oh, you, you could probably do it. It's a, a, you can tax deduct that, right? If you go for work. In yeah. theory. I'm self-employed. As long as I can justify it. Yeah, if you come back and review the show the following day. <gasps> I could do it. <laughs> I could do it remote. We're not doing remote. <laughs> not doing remote <laughs> podcast. They're not the pandemic era anymore. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the whole thing we wanted to start this topic off with, and the whole big, you know, our, our title and our thumbnail here is at the start of this promo, mm. Danielson said, I told my little girl, Birdie, that when she turned seven, I would stop wrestling. And she's just turned six. Mm -hmm. And the crowd booed a child. Yeah, way to make Birdie <laughs> the biggest heel in the company. Right. The crowd booed a like, six-year-old. And I would. I mean, I would always boo a six-year-old. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. Not like this one. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine one day we're going to get Birdie versus... <laughs> Birdie Gable. Danielson versus Daughter Gable. I don't know what her name is. Gable. But that would have been very... That's going to be a map. You, you just wait and see. So yeah, they, there's your baby face right there. Yeah, so they they booed a booed a child yeah. um, because <laughs> what Danielson effectively said was, "This is my final year." Yeah, in so many words, and I don't know if I'm ready for my final year of Danielson. In the same way that I wasn't ready for him to retire when he when he retired yeah. due to the injuries, like I wasn't ready to give up to to, to have Danielson taken away from me. I'm not ready to have Danielson taken away from me again. I, I don't, even with a year in, in mind, I still think in a year's time, I'm not going to be mentally ready for this. Well, it's interesting because there's like two sides of the coin, right? One of which is we, we do exist in a world where like, sure, kayfabe is dead, but he could be working as brother. Like it's, you know, this could just be a, a storyline. So he may not be retiring any mm -hmm. other time. But there's also the world where it's like, we're seeing it at the moment with Edge and with, um, Danielson, especially these are two examples of it, I guess Soraya to an extent, people who were told their careers were over, Christian is another one, who are having a second wind 
And it's almost like I think that having that thing taken away from you and then getting it back mm-hmm. almost makes you more grateful for it. Yeah, yeah. And like so few people get that opportunity that I, I know that we have this whole thing of like, can you take edge at his word? Can you take edge at his word? There is a little part of me that's like, I actually could see you bowing out because yeah, it wasn't a WrestleMania finale and it wasn't a world heavyweight title run, but you got to come back into the ring. You had some amazing moments and yeah, very few people get to finish on their terms in, in a well-received match like that in their hometown where they're kind of lionized. And if you were realizing that your body is kind of up against it and you want to tap out and say, thank I've had a great career. I'm really grateful for my time. Time to go back. And, you know, people are far more. We have a, a, a person on the show who whose body I continue to be worried for um, in Darby <laughs> Allen. Um, people are very aware of the time they've got left in, especially when you're a father, I yeah, assume. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the concussion he had last yeah. year, he had a uh, broken arm mm-hmm. this year as well. Like you, uh, when you wrestle at such a high level that Danielson has done for his career, mm. there is a, there has to be a moment when you have to say enough is enough. And not everyone can be Chris Jericho and, and, and evolve and keep going until they're 50, 60. Like, yeah. you know, I don't actually know how old Jericho is these days, but you know, sometimes people are like, that's enough is enough, as you say. And maybe in this case, Danielson is like, my daughter's at uh, an age where she's really starting to become a little person. And my family is really important. We know his family is important. Yeah, he's a smart dude. Yeah. He's a very, very smart dude. So there's something about him saying, I'm giving you a year, which allows for an incredible amount of storytelling, if you want to go down that road. A lot of opportunities for... Let's pack him in before it's too late. You know, let's let's get your Zack Sabre Jr. match. Let's get another run with a title. Is he going to make it as an international champion? Is he going to make it as a tag champion? A trio champion with a Blackpool Combat Club? Who knows? Like, does he get a title run at all? Does he does he try and fail? Like, who is going to be his final opponent? It gives us a year to, like you say, prepare for him going off into that good night, to use his phrase yeah. from the poem. <laughs> there was... But it, me and Tempest were talking about this the other day on uh, the Rust Talk mailbag, which goes out for our Patreon backers, that All In next year is going to struggle more than All In did this year. Yeah. Because this year's All In was about the history. It's the yeah. first show in Wembley Stadium in 30 years. It's AEW's first shows in the UK. You want to, you want to be part of the biggest event in wrestling history. So people were buying tickets off the off the hype of that. Now, there's a very good school of logic that you should be able to convert some of those back into yeah. uh, into secondary Returns purchases. Return, to, I would. Return purchases, but also because the hype was so big, you bring in new people to it. But even then, you are still going to struggle to get to that 81 mile. And the question we had was, can they better what they did this year? And I still think the answer is no. As in better number-wise? Or? Number-wise, yeah. It, Which, it, by the way, like t- uh, there is a pressure off. Because you've yeah, done it. You don't need it. to outdo yourself. No, you don't. Michael Jackson always used to say that like, he did so well with Thriller that he never felt the need to sort of better it kind mm. of thing. It's like, I can't better Thriller, so I'll just make another great album. Even though he did with Bad. Well, this is it. So just, <laughs> he, But instead of trying to be like, how do I make Thriller 2? Yeah. I'll just make another album. Yeah. It's the same thing with All In. It's like, if, if this year, you don't have to try and beat 81,000, so you can kind of do your own different thing. Um, but I think if you don't do it, like, there will be the detractor to be like, well, you couldn't do it a second time around. But if you go down to 60,000, yeah, yeah. that's still an incredible it's achievement. It's still an incredible but achievement. Yes. But it is, it is going to be a marked difference of you had 20,000 people buy tickets more yeah. and you didn't convert those 20,000. But the point I was going to get to was you announce that it's Danielson Omega mm-hmm. 
And that's Danielson's final match. Oh, God. And the, the final countdown at Wembley and the fireworks. Bloody hell. Tell me you don't want to be there for that. Like that's, you know, and that time-wise is going to match up. Yeah. That is a way to sell out Wembley Stadium mm. for a second year running. You're really going to struggle for the third year then because how do you top Danielson Omega 2 with Danielson's final ever match? Mm. But that is... All in the final countdown. Yeah. Like that is a way that you could sell yeah. out Wembley Stadium. Absolutely good. That's so interesting. And I, now, and would he want to go out in London? Is the question. But, but yeah, but it's a case of do you want to go in London or do you want to go in front of like you know the biggest, six thousand people in eighty thousand people? At yeah, there. yeah, six thousand people in Seattle or eighty thousand people in Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Bearing in mind, Danielson Omega Two was supposed to be one of the main events we had at all in this year. Oh, that's true. Because before Danielson's injury, so you've got to imagine that. Is Tony Khan's keeping that in his back pocket in the same way that he's been keeping Danielson and Zach in his back pocket for mm. you know the past 18 months. Play the power card. Play your power card. Now's the time to, to do it. Mm. And you would you announced that in advance. You know, you announced that the same day you put tickets out on sale. Mm. Like because this year they they sold, you know, 70,000 tickets without announcing a single match. Mm. You announced that it's Danielson Omega 2 as the tickets go on sale probably do all right i think so yeah and it's interesting as well the stories that go along that right so like he mentioned um so there's two there's two things that I, i'm kind of interested in. one of them is just a, a funny bit and the other one is a genuine like question that i have and, mm. and a discussion topic have you spotted something sometimes you look over at the chat and i'm like oh he's found something no no it's just people arguing about michael jackson albums <laughs> oh thrilling okay great um or thriller you know dangerous underrated now um the 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 one that is kind of a bit funny. He he had this line of "I am Odysseus," right? And he gave this hand the whole you know, strap me to the mast and I'll I'll take on the sirens and uh, I'll fight the cyclops and all that stuff. Which is, I mean, I, I'm a sucker for ancient Greek mythology and, and imagery like that. And uh, this in a, something that will shock no one. I studied classics at school, um, and so I read the Odyssey, and it's a fantastic. Um, I mean, it's kind of boring in class, but like if you read it anyway, it's a fantastic you know parallel parallel to have the idea that he's facing these trials to to find his way home to his family, like to find his way home to Brie and Birdie. And they have another one? Uh, they do have a, a second child, yes. And child B. Um, so like, that's a great little visual. So then I was just going and checking the story. It's, it's another B. It is another B. Oh, it's, it's I like his name. It. Between this and the Cruiserweight Classic. <laughs> We're really rinsing Wikipedia today. Per personal life. Um... Buddy. Buddy. Birdie and Buddy. That's not confusing. Um, it's buddy, 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 Buddy. So buddy. Uh, Jamie Oliver's kids is called Buddy as buddy well. Rocket. He's, He's got Elvis. a lot of interesting names as Jamie Oliver's kids. Mm. No shade. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so I was reading the story of the Odysseus, of, of refreshing my mind on how it ended, and or specifically how did Odysseus's his life end. And there obviously there's a few different ones. One of them I wrote down just purely because I'm like, great. Uh, in one telling of Odysseus's story... His, he's turned into a horse by Athena. So tell me you don't want to watch that. Whoa. <laughs> Ring of Honor World Women's Champion. Exactly. Athena. Athena comes in, she turns him into a horse. Job done. Turn him into a goat, surely. Oh, <sighs> turn him into the goat. His final match is with Athena. I want to see it. Um, but then the actual interesting thing that I was really struck by when I was thinking about this is the, he the, the heel face alignment of the Blackpool Combat Club. Because... Obviously, we were in Ohio, mm -hmm. so John Moxley is a hometown boy. So he was getting the hometown pop this week. Danielson is Brian Danielson. And on his retirement leg, you ain't selling him as a heel to anybody. Then you've got Claudio, 
who is a heel. And also Wheeler Utah is there. He's so like he's uh, well he, yeah. He's sort of he's he's just Wheeler. <laughs> like he's just Utah. Oh no, I like I think Wheeler's doing great work. Yeah, but I don't know that he's like he is a heel. But I mean he, he stole he's using the seatbelt movie. That's as not the best what I'm friends. saying. I'm saying is he is he over I don't know. I think so. Okay. Well each of their own. <laughs> um but point being, what do you do with Danielton in the combat club? I think there's been a little he he was very, very heel the whole way through, really, in this run against the Elite. You know, he was acting in that way. Um, but stepping into the breach to defend the American Dragon is a babyface move. So to defend, defend Ricky the Dragon's Steamboat. In the same way, I think Danielson has made this point uh, a number of times. He was a babyface during uh, the MJF feud earlier this mm. year. And like even did the Daniel Bryan yes thing towards the end of, of the match um, when it went into overtime. And he then had this his heel run when he went back with the when he was doing stuff with the combat club and people were like it's a heel turn and he said i never turned babyface right like i'm always i'm still i've always come out of the heel tunnel like mm. when they had this the separate tunnels and stuff, it's like i've always come out of the heel tunnel yeah in his mind it's just the combat club are heels but he's also brian danielson right he is one of the few examples where shades of gray is a legit thing he is not a heel or a babyface he's brian danielson I think Mox is the same way. Like mm. John Moxley is John Moxley. He is not. He is neither heel nor is he face. He is John Moxley. Claudio is a heel. Like I don't think it's, it's, it stretches to every member of the Combat Club. I think Wheelie Utah is a heel. I. But those two, I think, can be. They are both and the same. I don't. I don't know if I agree on Mox. I don't. I, don't, I can see why you you would make that argument. Mm. For me, I don't see his character or the presentation of it I, and it's that it is that thing by the way it's mjf has done it where the character sort of stays here and it just pivots slightly to the left and the right of the dial um and i think mox does that as well in face or heel he kind of pivots ever so slightly mm. but i think i think it's safe to say that mjf is a baby face at this point i feels like it yeah right so i would say mox is a heel like rather than it being he could be either i personally in my liking of wrestling i like my I like the shades of grey, but I like it to be more clear than just, oh, we need you to serve this purpose. So right now you're going to lean babyface. I want it to be like, this is what we're doing. No, I, I agree with that. And I, I've, I've banged that drum a lot on this podcast over the years. When people use the terms like, oh, they're shades of grey. It's usually just more like, I don't know, like we're just using them to facilitate a, a role. Because mm. Triple H used to say this about like the action series. Like everyone, you know, Vince Russo coined the terms like everyone is shades of grey. Austin was shades of grey. But really, it was just like, no, he was Steve Austin. Triple H was either a heel or a babyface. He yes. was never Shades of Grey. Yeah. Jericho was either a heel or a babyface. He was never Shades of Grey. But there are certain wrestlers I do think can straddle the line. Austin was certainly one of them. The Rock wasn't. The right. Rock was a guy who was either, you are a babyface or you are a heel. Mm -hmm. um, Moxley, for me, in this AEW run, has been Shades of Grey. Okay. Where he has been both babyface and as heel but has never not been John Moxley. Mm. Uh, and it's, I think it's the same with Danielson as well. But I feel like they're the only two. Yeah. MJF is a babyface or, or he's a heel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's where, that's where I stand on it. Because I also, I, I like my babyface, I like my good guys, I like my bad guys. Yeah. But I think there are some people who can just be them. I just, I, I think, especially if it's your final year, I want uh, a full throttle commitment to the character and the performance. Mm. And, and, and that, for me, is on the story that's not a danielson thing because like like we said earlier on danielson's magic you can put him in anything and it'll make it work but it's that thing of like 
I want to know why you're behaving the way you are mm -hmm. on a storyline basis. I want you, you, you have set the, the goalposts. It's almost like from Wrestle Dream through to, let's say, all in next year. That's an entire year. And what um, Tony Khan as a booker did so successfully in the first couple of years of AEW was have them planned out. The first four champions were planned out. It's a very famous sort of thing. And then he started booking slightly on the fly. You sign a new mega star in the name of CM Punk and you, yep. and then you have to sort of change your depth. Yeah. And he's not necessarily, to my mind, as, as, a, as a, a critic and an analyst or whatever, not really shown an aptitude with that kind of like ride in the wave. Or I agree. So... I want. I'm hoping that he can use his forward planning um, to, which he clearly is good at, to drive a Danielson storyline to be the most cathartic thing. So that when the time comes, we are sad to say goodbye, but we don't feel like what could have been. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, let's see what you make of this in what is being dubbed the Starks Remarks, um, which is a bit of fun. Get your Stark Remarks in to wrestle.com forward slash support. 
Oh yeah, I like that. Uh, stupid. Kevin kicks things off to say, hello and welcome to a new episode of our show, Kids Ruin Everything, with our co-host Dan Layton. Today we'll talk about Brian Danielson's retirement because of his daughter. We'll then check our special correspondent, Luke Owen, to see how much he cried. Kids are scum. <laughs> I've been saying it. <laughs> Andy Sandbox said, the final countdown of Brian Danielson is so good, Luke. I'm, sure if he'll be, uh, I'm not sure if he'll... I'm sorry, I'll try that again, put my teeth in. Unsure if he'll never be fully done with wrestling, but it's exciting to think what he can do with creative control and his destiny in his own hands. With Brian a focus, collision is must see. Thinking about the past between Brian and Big Bill, there are interesting plot hooks still in a program between all the parties that I hope we can explore over the next few weeks. I hope Big Bill is elevated in the end because he's ready for something big. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, I'd forgotten about that, of course. I don't know what it is. Well, so that was... Um, when he was big cast, that was his final feud in WWE. Was it? Because it was him versus Brian yeah. with the gimmick that I am tall and you are small. <laughs> and he, that was the story. And they, his final okay, segment that he sorry. did is that he brought out a little person dressed as Danielson yeah. and beat him up. But the discussion that was had and what led to his firing is that he beat the little person up too much Cripes. and that's what got him fired and then the program with danielson was completely dropped yeah and that was that was his last thing he ever did in Ikea. wwe goodness gracious yeah uh i suppose you could carry that on if you wanted to um i probably would steer clear i'll probably do your own thing if it were me um, i'd probably do my own thing as well i i um i'm interested as well that's a really good point that you brought up about be fully done with wrestling there's the idea of being done in ring, but that doesn't mean you have to step away from the business entirely. What frustrated him with being the SmackDown GM was sort of sitting at ringside and seeing all of these people do the thing that he loved and, and not doing it as well as him. And well, not doing it as well as him, but also he he'd been started going to doctors and healing himself and doing the work he could, and getting to a point where several doctors were happy clearing him. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a big frustration for him. He felt like he could still go. If this is more on his terms and he's like, my body is a bit knackered. I broke my arm in the middle of a match. I've had a concussion last year on top of the concussions I've had recently. I would like to wrap things up in a nice, neat bow. That's a very different beast than having it taken from you. Absolutely. So, and knowing that Tony Khan has spoken about, I think his his line was like, and and this is smacks of Tony Khan hyperbole, of like, if I was hit by a bus tomorrow, I'd say hand it to Danielson, um, like he's instructed his father to give yeah. it to Brian, which is hilarious to it's think funny. about, um, but like that shows how, and we there are all the reports that Danielson has creative input into Collision, so and has been for a while, like yeah. in, in AEW et al has been sort of quite heavily leaned upon in terms of creative directions. So like there's definitely an avenue for yeah. him there if he wants to take it. Let's get into the show itself. Um, we kicked off with the usual promos and stuff from uh, Samoa Joe, Penta, Roddy, and Darby because they were having their world title eliminator tournament matches. Semi-final Saturday. Exactly. And then we kicked things off with the international championship uh, match with John Moxley defending against Action Andretti. So, I love that Mox, like Cassidy before him, is defending this on every show he possibly can. Like he defended it on Dynamite, he's defending it on Collision. He'll be defending it against on uh, defending it again against Big Bill on Dynamite. 
that is what the international title should be feeling like. This sort of this workhorse championship that the TNT title no longer feels like. Yeah. This is now a proper big secondary title within AEW. I mean, hey, you got a main event of a, of a show. Yeah, and, and deservedly so yeah. as well, because I thought that Cassidy had, did such good work with that belt. There's a little part of me that's like, uh, uh, like be, it, be a heel and never defend it. In full yeah, contrast yeah. to Orange Cassidy, that I do agree with you, though. I do, I do like the... And I, th- I feel like because Mox has got so much respect, like, you know, kayfabe-wise, he's got so much respect for Cassidy because of what he had to do to put him away. It's like, well, the legacy of this belt now needs to have the same treatments. It doesn't make sense for Mox to hold it and not defend it. Like, yeah. that's not who John Moxley is. Exactly. He, he, he yeah. loves to fight people. Um, but yeah, this was... It was weird to watch Mox sell so much because he was, you know, the baby face in this match. And it was weird to just watch Action Andretti work over him for, for during the, you know, the, yeah. uh, the, during the ad breaks and stuff. Um but they were really putting over this was his third match in a week because he had all out then uh, dynamite and now collision then again begin on dynamite and already i love this they're telling this story already he's taking damage because mm. orange Cassidy's title run and what made that that's run so special it was every match hp was just diminishing and diminishing bit more and tape. diminishing a bit more tape a bit more and they were talking about here because andretti was working over the leg he's taken damage to the leg yeah um and now he's going to be going into his match on wednesday not as fit as he was going into that first match on sunday mm. i love that as a story he's doing the exact same thing that cassidy did yeah i i love that as a story too i didn't love this match and i didn't love andretti being in it um because he comes I, and i like andretti very much but he comes out and his little name scroll there says aw wins and losses record seven and seven so currently he's won seven and lost seven. So his current score is zero. And I'm like, well, what gets you to the front of the line? Like, you know, wh- why were you like picked? He's like defended against AR Fox. Sure. I think his probably he's got a worse win-loss record just, than just, Action Andretti has. I, d- I just didn't. I, I also wrote here, like, um, I only really brought that up because Nigel said it immediately. At the start of the match, he's like, you know, you got that win over Jericho, but you have to follow up and he hasn't kind of thing. And yeah. I was like, well, that's not selling him as a challenger to John Moxley. And then they get 11 minutes, during which time, good work from them both, by the way, because you obviously hometown hero, bizarro world, you flip over. Um, and I thought Andretti, especially there was the moment he was all kicking him in the head, was leaning into that kind of heel work really well. I just thought, I just didn't, it was weird. It didn't work for me. I just was like, oh, okay, that was a match. Um, there was a moment where he did a he did a dive to the outside. Do you remember when like Mara and Ali used to be like Tope Suicida? Mm. Kevin Kelly fully just went Tope Suicida there, and then we move on to something. And I was like, oh, it just doesn't mean anything. It's, it's just a move now. It's fully just a move. Nobody yeah. pops for it anymore. Um, so yeah, it just it just was uh, not not for me. This was a match that it it's story over actual in ring action. And the, in, the in ring action was fine. That's that's it was totally fine. Mm. But the story coming out out of the other side of it, I'm like, that's worth it. And I do agree with you there. Uh, Roderick Strong, speaking of stories, told one about him and Adam Cole, the history between them. And this was awesome because Roderick Strong's new character is just awesome. And the shot of him sat there and Bennett and Taven behind him, but at different heights on different chairs, like it's Christmas dinner around your nan's house, and <laughs> no one's quite on the same, no one's on the same level of furniture. Yeah. And they were just behind him, just like, hand on his shoulder, just solemnly Every nodding. Again, closing his Velcro on his neck brace. Oh, I love the, yeah. de- the detail they've got. Neck strong. Yeah. Like doing the neck brace stuff. And he's telling me, he's like, I'm going to win this tournament, but I won't be happy until I get my friend back. 
Oh, it was oh. so good. Yeah, it's great stuff. I also find it really interesting, just to, just as a, a production and, and a uh, a note about the way the show is being put together. AEW in general, by mm. the way, is that this was always the the the, the focus when they first uh, opened up the show was about it was you know it's a sporting. We're going to lean more into the sports side than into the entertainment side kind of thing. Um, and now with between this and Tony Storm. The sports entertainment stuff has always been there, but they're really leaning into it. And honestly, I, it, for me, as a fan of, I do like that style of, of pr- presentation of wrestling. I'm loving it. The The argument's always been is that wrestling should be like an ice cream parlor with lots of different flavors. Yeah. If you go into an ice cream parlor and all they're serving you is mint choc chip, mm-hmm. you're going to get pretty sick of mint choc chip after a while. What you want is vanilla, chocolate, butterscotch yeah fudge and that's why i think a lot of people really like about aew is that it is a smorgasbord yeah like you can have your we get you know later on lucha libre you know six mm-hmm. man action you can have your serious technical wrestling you can have your new japan strong style matches you can have your sports entertainment you can have your comedy that it is a smorgasbord of different styles mm. as opposed to just being one flavor of ice cream it's what um wcw did so well at the beginning yeah, absolutely of their, did, yeah. bringing in the luchas and bringing in the japanese yeah. wrestlers as well it, you know it's what the people have always had a pop with their, with wwe and like granted they don't do this as much now because they have adapted mm-hmm. quite needly uh, needing to as well i would say mm-hmm. but they went through a period of time for like 15 years where everyone had the same match yeah yeah everyone wrestled the same style because there was a wwe style and mm. everyone had to do that and i think i i think it's in the name of balance and to be fair i think it's it went like when you go with like last week's raw for instance and you finish with that gable and gunther match mm-hmm. and it's like imagine that on an episode of raw in like 2004 blown people's minds fully and it's a, but i but i this is the the reason that you'll never find me being like one versus the other mm-hmm. is because they both by AEW going yeah okay we will lean into the sort of wwe sports entertainment style sometimes and wwe raising their game in terms of in-ring competition i i get to have both we get and that's it tee it's a smorgasbord and everyone's excited yeah uh up next for the tbs championship another open challenge it was chris statlander versus robin renegade and statlander won robin's gear makes it look like tony said crap we need a challenge for stat go to the sephora and pick two women who are shopping and bring them in that's what they made them look like like she's wearing jeans she's wrestling in jeans. wearing jeans john cena wrestled in jorts i'm just gonna go back to that bit where you said there's nothing wrong with <laughs> and you just you, you i mean i will i just realized you're wearing jorts i'm wearing jorts at the moment <laughs> that's what it is um hey you know there you go they had a match didn't they they sure did i mean this was less about it wasn't the match. Bad. No, it was totally fine. Yeah. This was less about the match and more about the post-match return, which was Jade Cargill. And oh, how we popped. I had a big... You yeah. you next to me when I watched it. I did. You really... You did not know this was coming. No, I didn't. And you had a big old reaction for Jade Cargill. She came down to make the save. And yeah. It looked like she was kind of almost going to be on Chris's side here. And mm-hmm. lifted up, hit her with the jaded and posed with the belt. It's great to see Cargill back. Mm-hmm. And she looked amazing. Looked amazing. It totally makes sense to put her back into that TBS. Yeah. I know there are some people who are like, oh, I wanted her to mix it up with the, the AW women's division. But it's like, well, you know, if character wise, she should be pissed off that Chris Statlander showed up and stole that belt from her. Oh, no, like after a ma- it was a very underhanded thing for Chris yeah, Statlander totally. to do. And I, I think it was a bad choice to said it at the time. I still feel it. It should have happened in a match on collision, on the first collision. But that's not the choice they went with. Instead, they went with that one. So Jade has a right to be pissed. She has a right to be pissed. So she wants that belt back. So yeah, yeah it totally makes sense to put her back into that position. 
I do, however, feel bad now for Diamante, for Mercedes Martinez, oh, yeah. and for Willow Nightingale, all three of whom were involved in a little program with uh, Chris Statlander in a sort of tag teamy loose alliance competition um, that was, you know, starting to find its feet, like getting a little, you know, they, they had a couple of stop starts, but they were working on it and they developed it for a few weeks. And then, oh, uh, we're doing uh, Ruby and, and Chris Statlander at All Out. Have we confirmed that? Yeah, yeah. So, so don't worry about that. You know, we can have women's matches on the shows said to tony and it was like oh so are you going to pick that up at any point and here we are and the answer is no and so i feel a bit pissed for them i have, i feel really bad for them because it felt like the ruby match at all out was done just because ruby had debuted at all out two years previous or three years previous whatever and yet was, they so. had the they had the owen you know yeah. match together but like you're in the middle of a story tell that one yeah you know have mercedes martinez versus uh versus chris atlander at all out like but she didn't debut at all out two years ago so it doesn't matter so you can't do that story yeah. dan come on mate think about it for just two <laughs> seconds will you it's tradition you're right tradition it's tradition dan tradition yeah. trump story <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was the thing where I, and, and it's like clearly it's like oh well i guess they're just being they're not there anymore but that's common it's, yeah unless they just have their match but it's just it's you know more of a stepping stone to get back to jade yeah <laughs> speaking of Ruby Soho was backstage with Soraya being interviewed by Renee, uh, freaking out about Tony Storm. Uh, with Soraya saying, "No, no, she's okay. She's like, she's lost her mind. We just need to knock some sense into her." Mm. Which I think it's a fun bit. Um, and Soraya said that she's going to re-debut at uh, Grand Slam, which is where she made her debut this time last year. Uh, but this time she's going to be walking in as champion and will leave as such. I think Soraya needs a few trips back to England more because her accent really settled in this. So she has that weird sort of like half American, half English mm. um, accent that doesn't sound like anything she's saying makes sense or is good. So here she kind of had settled back into being English a bit. And I was like, this is one of the best promos I've seen from you in a really long time. I really liked it. More of you coming home then. Was a, I was thinking about this earlier today, but when she did the press conference after all in, um, she looked so uncomfortable holding onto that belt. Like it was constantly it's slipping off her belt. shoulder. And I was like, I feel you, mate, because... People have that same issue with our belt when they hold on to hey, it. Hey, I've got great shoulders for it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'll hold it for years. Tony Schiavone, one of my favorite segments of the whole show. Tony Schiavone oh, really? sat down with Claudio and Eddie. I love Eddie Kingston so, so much. He's the man. And Claudio's awesome. And Claudio, like, you know, Tony Schiavone's there just being like, you know, you know, where do these issues stem from? And Eddie's like, Claudio knows. And Claudio's just like, I don't know what the issues are. I don't know where the stems from. And he's like, you absolute, like, you know exactly what it is that you did. You left, uh, you left the Indies knowing that you weren't going to do the business that you were supposed to do. And he really wants this ring of honor title shot grand slam in front of his parents. Mm. And I'm going to do it. I want this title so bad. I'll put my own title on the line. We'll do it title for title. I have to win this, but I'm going to do it in front of my parents and stuff. And Claudio then just has the, I, I love that. It was like, I'll sell some tickets, do a title for title. I love the way that Eddie just like phrases things. And Claudio just says like, when I win, I want that handshake that you owe me. And Eddie just blurts out, you do remember, you know exactly what this is all about. You're just playing out that it's not. And Claudio walks off, Eddie annoyed, sort of walks off as well. And Tony Chavon like, thank you, Eddie. And Eddie just replies, thank you, my ass. <laughs> I didn't like this segment. Whoa, Dan! Um, oh, wait, wait, here's some chips. Do you want to have a little quick piss on them? What <laughs> just, uh... um, it just was, I mean, it, I can completely understand why you did, and I can completely understand why I would be massively in the minority on this, but 
it felt a little bit for me like when you're doing improv with your partner and they just off on one and like Claudia couldn't really say anything before and he was shouting at him and I was like he's passionate man yeah but you it can means be passionate so much to him yeah but it's but it's stepping over which is deeply ironic for some people who say that either I or you constantly step over each other or it's just how a conversation goes but um it, in this case it did feel a lot like there was a lot of like Claudia couldn't quite get to where he wanted to get to because I just disagree Claudia never wanted to say anything okay because Claudio, like, he knows exactly what it is, but isn't like this whole storyline has been built around Eddie will not let this go. Like right. for him, this means the world. This issue that he has with Claudio means everything to him. For Claudio, it was just Tuesday, and it means absolutely nothing to him in the long run. I had so, a feeling I would so, be on my own in this one. So, like, Eddie's anger and passion is completely like counter. To Claudio not caring. Mm. Like he just wants to beat Eddie up again and pin him again because all that'll do is just wind Eddie up even more. Mm. I, I, I love the dynamic that these two have. I mean, and, yeah. And, and the difference then in the terms of the two promos that they were cutting, which is Claudio just being like, yeah, fine, you know, we'll do this. So that's. And Eddie just being like, I need this. That sounds great. I just didn't feel that when I was watching it. And I think that this sounds like that's a me thing from, from, from the way that I took as a performer, I was like, just, just let him get his sentence out before you have your clap back. There's it's, there's an art to it, but hey, I'm probably on my own, and I'm alright with that. I mean, we could always do a poll. Nah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more curious. I don't need 98% of people to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there is just one comment that's been like, well, Dan does like The Miz. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if, if Mod Mother, if you are watching, let's do a poll. Uh, was this segment good? Or was it bad? It probably was. We'll I just, find out. Like, it's, it's you like, might, you might be, you might be surprised when you do an improv session. It's like, it's like the, the again. It goes back to the story of the mox thing being more effective for me than the match. The story that you've just given me in that is more effective than what I felt the segment was. Mm. Uh, next, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bollocks up some of this, but I'll, I'll try my best. It was Bullet Club Gold versus Gravity Aerostar. And Dios del Inframundo? Yeah. Inframundo? Inframundo. Inframundo. That's Italian, not Spanish. Yeah. I don't In know. Inframundo. Yeah. It was Drago from uh, 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 from uh, from on the Ground. Yeah. So we've got the poll is up. See, it's not really, again, it's already not as high as you think it's going to be. It's still going to be over like <laughs> It's not going to be 50-50 booking, is it? Um, but yeah, it, it was your man from Lucha Underground. Uh, mm. I and I, I feel like Kevin Kelly in in this match where he was like, "This match is uh, really showing my lack of Spanish." <laughs> right, yeah, he said that he had a friend who like gave him a load was, of info. It was Lucha Blog. Yeah, it was a couple of shout outs to Lucha Blog uh, in this seg like in this match as well. Yeah. It was like I reached out to Lucha Blog and they were very helpful in telling me about these uh, these individuals here. Um, Gravity did your least favorite spot in the world of wrestling where he just does the walk down to the ring it's one of my least favorite spots yeah i will say as someone pointed out in the comments there is still gravity on the moon dan if you walk on the moon that is how you walk <laughs> <laughs> for the audio listeners that was the world's biggest eye roll um i thought the action here was lovely it was great wasn't it It was great fun however there were a few oh, times Dan. No, 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 no 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 there's an there's a few times that this is this is not like a, a ding or whatever this is just like there's a few times in this where i'm like who does that move hurt more? Because gravity. That's Lucha Libre, well, this all is right, it. writ large. So gravity did at one point this amazing, like, elevated stunner where I'm like, that's got to have done far more damage to your tailbone than it did to Absolutely, Juice. yeah. Like, and it was, it was, you know. But I mean, I, I loved it. And I yeah. like Bullet Club Gold very much. It was so Do you know they, like, won 
for months now. Yeah. They are on an absolute on a tear. tear. And they were putting that over on commentary, just Ooh. being like, like they got the winner all out. They got the winner all in. Yeah. Like they are they winning on collision all the time. Like they are racking up win after win after win. It's, and it's great to see, like, because I think that the collision's done wonders for this group mm. not just juice robinson but like the guns as well yeah this was supposed even to be even tempest an... was okay with the guns on all yeah. out so this was supposed to be an eight man uh but jay white couldn't be onto the show uh for personal reasons i believe was the the, mm-hmm. the quote given so it ended up being a, a trios match instead andrade was watching on from backstage upset that the luchas lost except he, when they cut back to him he was smiling <laughs> and then when well, he was and smiling then he went, and then went hmm. bit of acting there bit of acting uh, but it was uh, a lot of fun, this mm. match. Yeah. Because it was just, it was flip-de-doos, and then the heels won. Mm. <laughs> I had a great time with it. I also really liked this next segment. I really enjoyed CJ Perry's promo. One of my favorite bits on the show. She talked about how she was the first victim of Miro's road to redemption. Mm. Like, you know, this, this whole idea of him renouncing God and renouncing his hot and flexible wife. <laughs> and she mentioned that she was once the hottest re- manager in all of wrestling not untrue and maybe it's time to be that again i loved this performance from her i thought she great promo she really delivered it uh in spades like she was there was the the delivery felt natural in an unnatural setting it felt like she's gone off i mean she's an actress she's done acting classes as well so she's clearly leaning into that and using those but she did a spectacular job love her being a part of this story all the uh conversation is that she's on a short-term deal yeah tony tony khan is a little bit like when you start dating a girl and like but you don't want to like give up your bachelor life because he keeps like oh yeah we'll see if it turns into something like i don't know i mean the way he phrased it sounded like it was a one night surprise i resent and i'm gonna use that word that they haven't given her a name yet like and i don't even feel like it's part of a story call her cj call her claudia jean for all i care like just give her a name. Like, at, at least give her the, the grace of a name. There's something about referring to her as that woman and this this woman, which feels like That's weird. That's part of it, right? Is it? Well, yeah, it must be. But it's his heart flexible wife. Like, he, we know who she is. Like, we, we as an audience generally know who she is. They've already told us that this is his wife. Can she not have a name? I don't mean to be John Proctor in The Crucible, but like... I don't understand the reference. Have you not seen The Crucible? No. That's amazing. It's a wonderful play. <laughs> But um, at the end of it, basically, he's like, they have to sign his name that he's a he's a, mm. a witch, bad, you know, bad man uh, is in Salem. And he's like, he won't sign his name. And they're like, we've confessed all your crimes. Why won't you sign your name? And because he's obviously not a witch because they ain't real. Sorry, spooky month. But um, he's like, give me my name because it's my name. It's the only thing I have left in my life. And Daniel Day-Lewis plays in the film and he gives a full toothy performance. It's wonderful. Um, Why but I'm, You should have made a prisoner reference instead. What's that? Oh, come on. You must have seen The Prisoner. Don't. I'm not taking crap from you not knowing The Crucible. And then you tell <laughs> oh, me I'm not, not taking crap from you not knowing The Prisoner. Oh. I am not a number. I'm a man. When did The Prisoner come out? I think like the 80s. So like 30 odd years yeah, after The Crucible. Might, might have been late 70s. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, but no, I, I just would like to have a name. And, and it's also like NB. The men have a full several weeks long tournament for their world title and the women have a four-way match for their no, but Tony Khan doesn't care about women this like, is what like, I'm saying yeah, 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 I don't... Yeah, but I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive like I don't think like the fact no, that I they don't. haven't given CJ Perry a name yet is the same as he doesn't care about women's wrestling why because they, I think they're telling a story here I but I don't think her having a name holds the story I think she should have a name 
Also, it's, it's dehumanizing I, I, to not have a name. And <laughs> it's, it's dehumanizing to not have a name and she walks out and it says hot and flexible. It reduces that's her entirely. That's clearly her though. No, like, look, that's clearly her working. Why can't like, she, she have that she, and okay, a name? But she changed her name on Twitter to Meat Lover. Yeah, which is hilarious. Because, but, exactly, because like they're playing up to this. So why can't she have, she just has a, just give her a name. Well, Dan, you never know. You tune into the show, you'll find out what it is. Maybe it's going to be part of a deal. Maybe she's actually going to turn out her name is Meat Lover. And that's what she's going to be called on TV. <sighs> All I'm saying, Dan, is that I don't think this is as big of a deal as as a woman's fatal four-way match just being this really reductive thing that's happening on Dynamite. I think, which, which but I think you, I, I, I think she should have a name. I think she deserves <laughs> to have a name. Anyway, it was a great promo. It was a brilliant uh, which, promo. Which you can't say about the Dark Orders commercial, which was totally <laughs> fine. Uh, and I had a proper laugh at the acclaim doing a world tour, which is all, all in, the, in the Midwest of America. <laughs> I read the same thing. It's, you know, it's a, I mean, hey, their trios title was won on international ground, which is more than you can say for the international title. Look, it's the same as the, you know, the World Series of Baseball, yeah. which is nothing but North American yeah. teams. Uh, and then we had more lucha action as Ray Fenix took on Angelico in a more fun match with Fenix uh, saying that he was going to get revenge on John Moxley because Moxley put him in the hospital, made him miss all in, not visa issues. Um, and yeah, fun match. Phoenix won. I love this. I had a really, I really enjoyed this match, mm. and it was because so there is some lucha style that gets on my wick a little bit, um, and and some of it that I absolutely adore. So I'm thinking of like Commander or thinking of Vikingo when Commander runs the ropes and it doesn't really mean anything it's just showing off that you can I'd, i hate that i sound a bit jim Cornette when i'm doing this but like <laughs> do a little bit i know yeah oh god I don't... yeah i'll work on the impression um hating on fun hating on fun i don't hate fun um <laughs> the how anti, could you the anti-lucha house party <laughs> I'm, I'm the lucha house come on wrap it up it's 10 p.m off we go <laughs> um dan hates to have fun <laughs> famously i don't like fun um no i what i love is when you when you use that like in this match phoenix like ran across the ropes to just absolutely behead serpentico and i loved it serpentico what did i say serpentico <laughs> potato potato um it's cool the whole thing off <laughs> um anyway what i was saying about rye phoenix was um <laughs> that i <laughs> really liked uh yeah i just really liked the offense and there was something about the grounding and the power of it all that made it all feel like i just love it i love mm. him i think he's brilliant yeah um, and i like the match so much uh tony Schiavone interviewed ftr who you know they've beaten the best in terms of you know, they've even beaten their equals in the young bucks so what they want to do now is have a bit of some open challenge it's open they? challenge season on aw they want some of these younger teams to step up and show if they can hang with the top guys now young tag teams do you think that was just rhetoric or is that like specifically they're opening the door to young tag teams? I th it feels like it's to give tag teams who aren't getting shot to the tag titles some exposure on TV. Mm. Like next week, it's it's FTR versus the Iron Savages. Yeah, the I Iron can't wait for, by the, the way. Iron, Iron Savages have had quite a bit of like, TV time, yeah. but that TV time has benefited them to the position now where it's like when they get in, it's like, oh, cool. The Iron yeah. Savages are having a match because we're really enjoying their work at the moment. I think that's what it's for. Mm. You know, we'll probably have one with darius and andretti mm -hmm. because oh, yeah. you know as like, it's like so sort of these these young tag teams that are just like this is a way for them to get some tv exposure in a title match and i think it could be nothing but a good thing where it leads to i don't know mm -hmm. and, you know who is the person to answer this uh i'd like it to lead to an aussie open program because i've seen ftr and aussie open have matches and they were incredible so. because aussie open rule mm -hmm. and ftr are one of the greatest tag teams on the planet so yeah i'm i'm i, I think this could be quite exciting where at least you, I don't know though. Mm. 
I absolutely loved Roderick Strong versus Darby Allen. Why wasn't this the main event of the show? Because this was way better than the actual main event that we got. I loved this so, so much. I loved the kingdom hyping up Roddy as he was coming out. I loved Luchasaurus attacking Darby before he's coming out. And then Nick Wayne convincing and hyping up Darby to go out. Then AR Fox running down to have a go at Nick Wayne for why are you putting, why are you making Darby do this? This is not, because like you've got three generations of mentors here because you've got AR Fox, who was Darby's mentor. And now you've got Nick Wayne, who is Darby's mentee. And you've got the elder statesman and ar fox running down to tell this young pup is like have you seen the damage that this guy is taking why did you make him do this he was never should be wrestling in this match mm. and then they have some miscommunication and that distracts darby enough to fall to one of my favorite gimmicks in wrestling the messiah of the backbreaker it's great to have the messiah back on tv and he gets the knees up off the coffin drop and goes to that back that he's been targeting to get with the win with the end of heart uh, with the end of heartbreak I loved oh, End of Heartache. I loved, loved, loved this match. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too. The word neck has lost all meaning. Um, and I'm thrilled about it. They just say neck all the time. Oh, it's so good. And, it's like, and I'm reading the word neck and I'm hearing the word neck and I'm thinking of the word neck and I'm like, neck is a stupid word. Like, you know what I mean? Comes out with the neck yeah. brace and then they take the neck brace off. And then he's he so wrestles, brave. and then he's so brave. He's neck strong. Yeah. And then he wrestles this match. And the second that it's over, Taven and Bennett race yeah. in to put the neck brace back around. Because well, you got to protect it. Got to protect it. It's a great gimmick. It's in all of his renders, like in yeah. his match graphics and stuff. He's wearing these dorky glasses and the neck brace. It's so good. Yeah. And again, it's a thing where it's like I don't know if this was the. I certainly don't think this was the intent when they did the angle with with Joe early on, and I don't think it was the intent for this MJF Cole angle to go. As, as long as it has so when you get present this this is an example of riding the wave and doing it well like mm -hmm. speaking earlier on about sometimes you know the booking can can ride a wave and get lost they've done really well with this i thought um also there was a side slam on the top turnbuckle followed by a second bump on the apron oh the way down, i love that spot like a video game character it looked absolutely brutal loved that um, spot i have a question because i think i've missed a bit and it's confused me a little bit A.R. Fox left Nick Wayne lying in a pool of his own blood. It mm -hmm. was one of the most vicious, uncomfortable, difficult watches I've had as a wrestling fan in recent years. Why are they fine now? I don't think they are. No, uh, but A.R. Fox so, and Darby is. They did a segment on Dynamite. Which where, was? Where uh, A.R. Fox got kicked out of the Mogul Affiliates uh -huh. and Darby welcomed him back with open arms because he'll always forgive his friends. If I'm Nick Wayne, I'm pissed. Uh, well, I think that I might, hope that goes I, that I, way. I think that might be an for angle me, that we're going down. That that feels a little bit like that kind of thing where it's like with same with the TBS title, where it's like, oh, I'm kind of bored with that, I'll do this when it's dead. Whereas like if there's an so, actual angle going on, yeah. the idea that Darby can accept the apology on Nick's behalf is a bit weak but if they're gonna and it, and it did seem in this match like they were playing with it i think they are so the the hands was sort of forced against them a little bit because it was supposed to be darby and sting versus ar fox and uh swerver all in with the those are the mogul affiliates and then it turned out transpired ar fox can't travel internationally Christ. so when tony khan was on the media call saying there are some matches that are going to have to change this was one of the matches that he was referring to. There was that, and Ray Fenix couldn't travel either, so we had to change the mm -hmm. stadium stampede match. Um, although apparently that was always going to be a five-on-five, five, but they announced it as a six-on-six. Six. 
I guess that you can set up this storyline of Moxley taking out Phoenix so that then you can do a Phoenix and Moxley you angle can say down the line. You can say whatever you want. But this was one of the other matches that they had to change. And what they did is a hilarious segment on Dynamite where they did two months of storylines in one five-minute segment. <laughs> right, okay. it was, And it was, literally was just like, a, you're at the group, you're now my friend. Christian Cage is here, promo on your dad. <laughs> and, like, and now this is the match. It's like, oh, wait, what? Honestly, taking notes on it was it was exhausting. If it happened that quick, then, then I'm, I don't feel too bad for missing it. So I feel that as a way to kind of course correct on that not very good storytelling and not that yeah. not very good angle is to do this sort of like you know generational mentor mentee relationship story where nick wayne is like darby is always going to be cool with ar fox no matter what he does mm -hmm. because he can't ever not forgive ar fox but Nick Wayne doesn't have that same relationship with him. And you can take advantage of that if you're A.R. Fox. Yeah. So I think there could be something interesting to be done around that. Yeah. All right. I'm hoping so anyway. And I yeah. hope that, that that's actually going to be quite a good little bit of course correction because it needs something. Yeah, because I mean... Because like, when Darby just accepted A.R. Fox back into the fold everyone and we were just on that dynamite review being like that makes not a okay so i'm not crazy no okay, no because there was I, a little part I, I, sometimes sometimes i don't like things on the aw shows and people think i'm just a killjoy and pissing on your chips so this one was more like can i just check i'm not out out of peace no it was, was weird it really was just a case of like i mean apparently airfoot's got massive heat on him as well because he was aware that he wasn't going to be able to uh, travel and stuff. Yeah, you and, should be letting and, these people know didn't this. didn't let people know in advance. That, and so which why you had to do this whole rush story and stuff. Mm. So yeah, it was um, it didn't work out. Right. Hopefully this can. But I love this match. As I said, like it's I, 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 you know, I'm a Ring of Honor TNA guy and I love Roddy. Mm -hmm. So Roddy being able to do his Messiah of the Backbreaker stuff that yeah. he was doing on the indies like all those years ago, it's just, I, it's great to see the Messiah back. And I loved the spot, the backbreaker into the double bump. I, I absolutely adored. And I love the, the the trio with him in the kingdom. And you know what? Like, pass me my words, pass me some crow, pass me some hats, because I'm going to chomp, chomp, chomp on all of them. Because I did not get on with this Roderick Strong character. Oh, did you like, not? When he, I thought it was too comedic. Like, when he was properly being like, Adam! When Adam Cole would, like, go off with MJF or stuff. And he had this moment where he kicked a, a car wheel and he hurt his toe. And I was like, ah, oh, this is veering a little bit too much into comedy into for my liking. Was, yeah, a little bit too much into silly. Yeah, I hear some crow. Nom, 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 nom. I was wrong. Crow. Because crow. Crow? Crow. Crow? Crow. I don't get it. Eating crow. Never heard that. Yeah. No? No. Okay. It's a phrase of people like, you know, I was wrong. Nom, nom, nom. I'll eat crow. I'll eat my words. That one I've heard. I'll yeah. eat my hat. I've yeah. never heard talking about eating crow. I think it's the same deal. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a statement. It's a word. I would love it if it wasn't. I would love it if this is just your, like, if you've heard, you've misheard something once and you've been saying it for 30 years. Like when you sing a lyric in a song and you don't realize it's like... Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it's a colloquial idiom used in some English-speaking countries. That means humiliation by admitting you've been proven wrong. What did you call me? A colloquial <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. Right, Ian Crow. There we yeah, go. Nom, nom, nom. A minute that you've been proven wrong. There you go. And, and I was very, very wrong. Fabulous. So there you go. Um, Lexi interviewed Keith Lee, uh, who said that he is going to make his own direction on this show. Oh, we had a Hobbs promo as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't really take notes right. No, yeah, yeah. Hobbs had a promo and Keith Lee had a promo. I'll wait and see. Yeah. Uh, the Righteous also cut a promo. And I was like, crikey, we had we got the Three right. Three in a row. Well, no, it was more... 
the Righteous cutting a promo. It was Dark yeah. Order, heel Dark Order cutting a promo. And the Renegade Twins. And I was like, crikey, it's a Ring of Honor invasion up in here. Because, like, particularly the Righteous and this heel version of Dark Order, like, they've been all over Ring of Honor, mm. as have the Renegade Twins. So, like, all three of them now are on, like, doing stuff on collision. They packed a lot of new people into the show. Yeah, I, I, which is quite cool. Yeah, interesting. Um, for the Righteous. I didn't like the, the close-up of a tongue wagging in slow motion that i could have done without but you know also good for you uh tony shivani interviewed big we got the danielson segment we talked about earlier we had tony shivani interviewing big bill about his shot against mox on dynamite and phoenix walked up to remind him that he wants to get his revenge on moxley mm-hmm. and uh, in the in the segment uh tony shivani ha- was talking about big bill and his uh, relationship with tony stark which i enjoyed very much i had a little giggle um primarily because in the list that went up yesterday, I accidentally said Shane McDan rather than <laughs> Shane McMahon. And it's most of the comments are telling me, oh, I know. The sentence was Shane McMahon and Snoop, no, and Snoop Dogg. That's S's and D's all over the place. And it was like one in the morning. Yeah. And so I just said Shane McDan, didn't notice. And only when I'm watching it back and I was like, oh. so good to know that Tony Schiavone's got a slip up in him as well. Yeah, we've all got them. We've all been there. One of my first... And thank you so much to the hundred of you who pointed it out. One of my first videos, first news videos, one of my first big news videos I did since I, when I started working here full-time is I went to talk about CM Punk's record-setting 434-day reign, and I just, because I've got number blindness, said 343. Because ah. I just got my numbers mixed up. Yeah. And boy, did people let me they know. Wanted, I mean, that's almost 100 I mean, days less. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was wrong. Yeah. But it was it was a slip of the tongue. Yeah. Did anyone um, else notice? <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, if, if you are leaving a comment on a YouTube video <laughs> that says, am I the only one to notice? You're not. Um, lastly, our main event, which I, you know, I, I found like I was, I was down on it earlier. I did very much enjoy this. It was Samoa Joe versus Penta. Mm. Enjoyed this for two reasons. Reason number one, Samoa Joe did his walkaway spot, <laughs> but Penta saw it coming. Yeah. So Penta slid out and then he did his like, stalking like a little snake man. his little stalking walk that he does and then hit joe with a sling blade and it was awesome it was and then reason number two samoa joe did the walk away spot as penta did a dive and he crashed through a table and it was rad and awesome and samoa joe is the man and i want him to win this tournament and i cannot wait to see him versus mjf at grand slam i think it's gonna be so so good joe choked him out he's awesome he's the man love me samoa joe this is a big big day for tna luke oh huge because i got i got a roddy win I got a Samoa Joe win. Christian in a backstage segment. Christian in a backstage segment. Oh, I had a great time. Yeah. I um I didn't love this match either. So you were talking about being a little bit too down on it. It's it's interesting yeah. because there were a couple of really good moments in it, but the actual match itself, I do think that the Roddy and Derby one perhaps should have been the main event. Just, it was just, it was it was a better match. It was a better match. Um I also think it went a little bit long, that Joe and uh that sorry, that Roddy and uh Derby match, if only because it you know, there was the luchasaur interference at the beginning. Yeah, but also, I don't think that's a massive problem. I think they did two commercial breaks. As they well. did. It, yeah. it felt long. Um, whereas this one, um, I actually sat forward, and if you noticed in my chair, I was like, right here we go. I was really excited because I was I was in a lucha mood, and I and I love Samoa Joe, so I was really excited to see this this contrast. Uh, and yeah, that walkaway spot was great. Uh, at one point, Jr. did a little Boris Johnson bus monologue about how like Samoa Joe likes to drive the bus. He wants to be the conductor. If he doesn't want to be on the bus, he wants to drive the bus. Look around the eyes. Look around the eyes. Look directly in the eyes. Um, and then it's like everybody has to be a passenger on the bus. And I was like, <laughs> Jr. got a little model of a bus that he's holding on commentary, and that's why he keeps saying it. One of my favorite uh, Jr. moments uh, of this match is when Penta got the table out, which you know, if you put him Joe through, that's going to cause a DQ, isn't it? Yeah, I and, had a problem with that, and and you can tell that Jr. had a problem with it. 
because he just went quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly been told, don't say anything, Jim. Yeah. Because what Jim bloody loves to talk about things not making sense. Well, this is interesting because I I love to talk about things not making sense as well. So maybe this is why I like it when JR comes out, because it makes me feel not alone. Because yeah, when he pulls so the funny. look, when it went when he went through the table. Right. When when uh Penta when he did the walkaway spot into the table, yeah, it was sick. It looked great. It was really Rad. funny. It was brilliant. Why is the table there? Because so Penta can go through it when yeah, he does the that's walkaway spot. Stupid. You start with the spot and then you work your way backwards from there. And when you get to the bit, it was like, why'd you get the table out? It's like because I'm gonna go through it in a bit. <laughs> So, so I failed to understand why I was. Uh, <laughs> you leave me away from this. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't like that. I like things to make sense. I love it because I find it more satisfying when the things make sense and then you follow through on it. I think that's not an uncommon feeling. However, um, it didn't really lift off for me the match. You know? No, it didn't. It, it was. There were moments of good, moments of rad. It, it, it was like it was too rest holdy. Yes, it was as a match without any. Ad- there were a lot of times I was like, are we in a commercial? No. Yeah. And then we came, I, 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 there was a moment where I was like, God, this feels like we're in a commercial break, but I didn't actually hear them say we were going to commercial yeah. break. And then all of a sudden he was like, we're back live in commercial. I was like, oh, we were in a commercial break. Yeah. That's why it was boring. Which is so interesting because there is something about like when you watch the Fight TV um, feed, I think we've spoken about this before, we don't get picture in picture. It just carries on. So it becomes, a, it's kind of, it becomes kind of a dull experience. And I think that's why sometimes these matches feel like, less good than other people who watch them with picture in picture and perhaps use the ad break to nip to the bathroom and then come mm-hmm. back to the action because your momentum very much is just stifled mm-hmm. uh, with a with a period of rest hold um re- uh, done a little bits of jokes about jr's commentary but at one point kevin kelly started talking about the longer this match goes the more it favors penta because joe wins fast and i absolutely love that kind of insight like i love the idea that joe's conditioning isn't his strength he loves to just knock him out and take him down fast. But if the if you can wear him out, you have the upper hand because your conditioning is better. It for me, it's little details like that that add to the suspension of disbelief. In contrast to the why is he getting a table out? He'll get DQ'd. Meanwhile, the rest counting to ten gets to a six and realizes they ain't getting back in time for the ten, so I'll just stop doing the count. Yeah. Which happened a couple of times. That it's that weird thing of like just on the you do so many things so brilliantly, and then some things feel just a bit weird for me. So I've got both the really cool thing with the. Uh, Kevin Kelly adding to my suspension of disbelief and then cranky old JR who I love oh, removing man. my suspension of disbelief it's such, a, it's such a funny little thing me and Ollie have been huge fans of salty JR because <laughs> yeah. there was a period of, new, he used to do New Japan commentary he did and, and he does not like New Japan wrestling right. And it was always so funny to mm. see him do salty JR mm. New Japan commentary. Like when we used, to, we used to review those New Japan matches, like man, JR was hilarious in this. He just doesn't like it. Yeah, and it's a lot. Of, <laughs> and there's a lot of wrestling in AEW that he doesn't like. Grandpa JR, uh, he's proper his little, his proper little salty JR, yeah. and it, it's a delightful character. If you don't get annoyed by it, which I I understand that people oh do. I could completely understand if you I, found it annoying. I I heard that he ruined. I haven't actually watched it back, but I've heard that he ruins a lot of all in because he's just whinging about so rules. I have watched it back that particular match, and I found that match. It, it specifically it's a trios match, that, yeah. And I found it to be a difficult watch. I, I didn't really love it live, and no. watching it on telly, I didn't love it either. Um, and JR essentially is just pointing out what I'm doing, which is like, who's the legal man? Does it matter? Yeah. And it, and it, I'm afraid some people, especially fans of AW, who are big fans of AW, don't care. And that's their prerogative. The action breaks down. That's completely fine. For me, 
I like some form of knowing, well, that person's the league. And do you know who does it really well? I like the books and, and um, FTR. FTR and, and that's a really great example within the same company. So you can't even accuse me of bias is saying that I just like to know who the, who is the legal man so that I can buy into the story of like, well, you're wasting your time with this person because the legal man is on the outside or the legal man is this person or whatever. Mm. I love that kind of um, suspense in, in a match. So I like it. I like to at least know which, like if you can imagine the Sims, uh, like mm-hmm. the little green triangle over someone's head. I just want to know that stuff. So JR was giving that kind of like, does it even matter? Like why are they doing this? Like yeah. well, that's what he was giving. So I can understand if some people found it really off-putting. I found it funny. <laughs> like, but that was the show. Um, oh. So it is Samoa Joe versus Roddy on Dynamite. You've got Samoa Joe. I've got Roddy. And you think Roddy's I would rather Roddy win it because I think uh, Samoa Joe, I would love, I'd love Samoa Joe to be champ. I think I'd love for Samoa Joe to have a proper program um, mm. with MJF. And at the moment, they've teased the program. They've laid some seeds for a program, but there are also seeds for Roddy with Adam Cole. And that I think is a really I know, genius right? little bit of booking. I really, I, that's why I think it's been a very smart tournament because there's a lot of complaints about AEW tournaments, which are founded, which are that you know who's winning this tournament because they've already set up the program. Right. So the, the, the tournament's more just a formality. Mm. Uh, or, you know, like qualifying matches. Like, well, it's, it's just a formality. We know who's going into it. Which, you know, and I don't mind that because it's like, well, at least there's a reason for the matches mm-hmm. to happen and rather than just announcing these four people are going to be in a match, right? Um, but we've got a tournament here which has got two potential winners. I genuinely like it because they're both in programs with mjf and adam yeah. Cole. so i think that's a really really nice bit of booking there mm. and i think you can have joe win you can still do roddy versus cole mm-hmm. uh, on grand slam oh yeah that's true that's so true. i think this is a lot of interesting things that can happen and i'm really excited for it. it's fun to know that we're gonna it, the, the main events on dynamite yes the, the dynamite, finals yeah. on dynamite it's really exciting to go into that match knowing it could go either way yeah like it's not nailed on and that's all you want from a from a show like that well we have got a poll up in our live chats let us know what you thought of this show i thought this was a very good edition of, of collision i thought the second half was much better than the first i was about to say the first hour for me was like broadly fine it was totally the second, fine the second hour i was into it yeah so. really into that second hour Uh, we've got some Patreon shoutouts for you special people over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. This coming Wednesday, it will be WrestleTalk Behind the Scenes making his debut on WrestleTalk Behind the Scenes. It's the Professor Dan Layton. Can't escape me. I won't let <laughs> And we talk a lot about uh, All In Weekend, the mm. shows we went to, some behind the scenes stuff of us going to those shows and, and, and hanging out with people. We also talk about Mark Marcus, a friend of yours. My friend, my friend Mark, um, he's a difficult guy to know, but um, he, he's uh, it's interesting to, to talk about him, try and help people understand him a bit more. And we go into survival series. Oh yeah, we talk a lot about that AEW survival series yeah. episode. Which was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that'll be out this coming Wednesday over at Patreon. And if you didn't see our announcement that we had made uh terry funk's uh wrestlefest 97 won the patreon oh poll, wow okay um which is a great thing to do with with terry's passing that is a wonderful because that was his reti- his retirement yeah, show sure. main event of terry versus brett and stuff you know and it was like a big wonderful show to do but it was getting hold of the footage unfortunately it's not on the network right and the whole gimmick behind rest talk extra is that everyone is able to watch it yes it shouldn't be something you have to seek yeah Yeah, it shouldn't be like available on youtube on daily motion or on the network or impact plus watch ring of honor 
whatever it is, fight TV, as long as it's available to watch, we will do it. But it's not available on any of those streaming platforms. So we made the decision that instead we are going to be doing ECW Barely Legal. It's from the same right. year, and it is ECW's first pay-per-view, and it's built around Terry Funk. Mm. So we thought that would be a really nice uh, make-do for not being able to do WrestleFest. And there's also a really interesting little bit of spice recently, which is that WWE have uh, trademarked Barely Legal. So, like, yeah, maybe we might have a comeback. Yeah, and, then, uh, you know, it's a fun show anyway, because it's, uh, it's a show that I watched so, so much mm. when I was a teenager. Like, that was one of the VHSs that me and my mates just ran through. Because we're like, oh, look at this RVD guy. He's so cool. Look yeah. at these Dudley boys. They're so cool. Um, so yeah, uh, the, particularly the Eliminators. I loved the Eliminators. San and Cronus, like they just murdered dudes and it was awesome. So yeah, really excited to talk about that. Plus my boy Raven's eye. Um, <laughs> Stevie Richards in the, the semi-main. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that as Restalk Extra. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash Restalk to get involved with that. And if you're one of our $25 and above Patreon pledge hammers, you get your name read out on the show like these fine folks. The singing luchador, Joseph Santana. The heir to the throne, Kate Evans. Stella Keller O'Brien. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Pick him up, Loot Sponge. Lord Chris Zanto. To Lot to Handle, Lottie McClough. Manipulating Manny Umaria. This needs are the needs of the Manny Cornish outweigh the needs of the few. How do you like them apples, Marcel Jura? Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. And the real boss, Matt Robinson. That is your Hall of Fame class for the 11th of September 2023. Thank you all so much for backing us over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Let's get into the rest of your Stark Remarks or Bang Bang Chats, as has also been. Um, so Greg's Ramblings was the person behind Stark Remarks, uh, and Silent Spider is the person behind the Bang Bang Chats. So there you go. Uh, Gerald Hazelwood uh, says, Danielson is Goku. He has his hero traits, but what he cares most about is proving that he's the best of fighting. If he happens to be heroic while doing so, it's more by accident than design. Um, I, I, I've never seen the show. Um, I think that's Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. I thought it maybe was like a Japanese term, like for uh, like a wrestling. Term. No, I think he's a character from Dragon Ball. Uh, I don't know a lot about Dragon Ball. All I know is that in the summer of 1999, my cousin was playing through Final Fantasy VII, and he'd renamed every character after characters from Dragon Ball. Right. And one of them was called Trunks, which I found very funny. I bet we could ask Holly Mosgraves. Almost certainly. Oh, yeah. Uh, 100% sure, though. Yeah. Uh, Jared Hazelwood. Oh, no, I just did that one. Dex Baker here says, if Tony Khan doesn't give us Swerve and Danielson as the main event of the Seattle show before the end of this run, it's a very good idea. Mm. Also, I mean, I wasn't on the um, uh, Dynamite show. Huge thumbs up for a program between Swerve and Hangman Page. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, man. When I was watching the show and Swerve came out, I jumped out of my chair. We have got the result of our poll. Was the Claudio and Eddie segment good? Uh, no, was 18%. That's actually more than I thought. That's what I mean, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's the same with the... Silent majority. Silent minority. It's the same with the Miz segment last week. Yeah. Like, I was expecting this for the Miz segment mm. last week, but it ended up being more 50-50. That yeah. I was really surprised about. Um, Metal Pulse says, will the best friends ever win gold? Maybe, Maybe they're part of the little open challenge. 
yeah, absolutely, they could be. Uh, I wouldn't call them a young tag team, but you certainly could do that's it. Why, that's why I was thinking if it's rhetoric. Because um, Edge and yeah, Christian. Yeah. Uh, well, I actually saw something in the chat as well. Quite a few people said it could lead to a Grizzled Young Vets match as well. Hello. Because they're probably going to be gone from the yeah. company soon enough. Um, I, I could see the winning trio's gold maybe at some point. Um, Golden Knight says, uh, hey, Luke and Prof. So it looks like we're going full Groundhog Day with Jade after a turn. Why bring her back if you're just going to recycle her run before she left? Don't get me wrong. I love Jade, but after Saturday, I'm getting Charlotte Flair vibes. That is so unnecessarily harsh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I feel like it's not so much recycling as it is just being like, there's, she's, she's got a right to, to come back and complain. This, this is one story. Yeah. Like, and she, she got the belt stolen away from her she wants that belt back this is hardly charlotte flair returns wins the belt lol yeah. which has been done 15 times over yeah i think that, that, that's a very big comparison uh el jefe says hello dan hello luke el jefe aka elijah here are you excited for wrestle dream luke do you think the swerve is right i always think swerve is right even if it is against hangman page he's my boy uh and of course uh, yeah rust dream yeah when they announced it i was like yeah, man, another pay-per-view Mm. Uh, that's another weekend right but they announced Zach versus Danielson and I'm like okay I'm in yeah I'm not going to complain about I'm not going to complain about you. that uh, Big MGM said Tony Storm used her rematch clause to get into the match at All In but Shida as the former champion has to qualify now Storm despite being pinned gets a number one contenders match but Shida who should have had a rematch clause uh, must qualify for her match why Big MGM there's a very simple answer to that question Tony Khan doesn't care Tony Khan simply doesn't care yeah that, that's a real that's, i mean it's, it's an easy if you've ever got a question about the women's division as to why it doesn't make sense the answer is always he doesn't care yeah and it's like uh there are this is what we talk about when we talk about not to go on a, a, a woke rant but this is what we talk about when we talk about people having voices in the room it's not about like making sure that you're ticking the box tony khan doesn't care about women probably because tony khan isn't a woman and doesn't uh, yeah and he's a stats driven man yeah um and stats have shown like but it's a self-fulfilling prophecy it is because, I this, this, like, yeah because you know you don't give them enough cv time so they don't get over they don't sell as much merchandise and you're like well they don't sell as much merchandise and they're not over because they weren't given tv time so this frustrates me as well and it's part of the, the whole hardcore country nonsense where i you know the the idea that and and you know chanting the meat during the all-out match you know you could argue is akin to the hardcore country but as you did point out that was more like being involved in the match rather than going into every, business every, themselves everyone was involved in the joke in the same way uh, at the start of hardcore country hey, i every, was chanting it everyone was involved in the joke because it was like well and we were thrilled to see mickey james the thing is um the women get one match on a match that otherwise has seven eight sometimes even nine men's matches if it was a question of there were four women's matches and one of them the chant of hardcore country was going the whole way through kind of would be a different question but it was their one opportunity and it's taken advantage of um, and it is that thing of, you know, Tony Khan doesn't seem to care. It's almost like booking it on the fly just to put it in there. There's your women's match. Anyway, let's get back to my boy action figures. He literally just cares more about his boy action figures. Mm -hmm. And uh, it grates on me. And it's this thing where, you know, in the all in, you were, I can't speak to it because I wasn't there, but you were there. The all in press conference, there was that one question about it, which was from one of a few women in the room, uh, the only person of color in the room, um, according to her um so you know it's this thing of like when you don't have those and then the, the the question got bantered off about and it was such an easy question to answer by the way will we see more women's matches in a paper will we see more than one women's match in a pay-per-view it's so easy to lie it's so easy to say you know what we i would i would love to do that 
Um, the show tonight was, you know, we had to run to time. It was a very strict curfew. Um, and I, I, you know, we'd love to work hard to make sure that we can get, you know, more opportunities, la, la, la. Just that's all, that's all you have to say. And you don't mm-hmm. even have to back it up necessarily. Um, I would I would hope that you would, but you don't have to. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a real frustrating thing. And I thought that that answer that he gave was very revealing. And to your point, it kind of answers every question you ever have about the women's division not making any sense. There's a lack of interest. And I the only way it's fixed is by getting more voices in that room. Fed he also bantered off my question about uh, rebooking Stadium Stampede. He did do that. Yeah. yeah. He, ban- he bantered off a lot of questions. Which, but is, that which was, is why, like, you know, people I've spoken to are like, eh, why not do these press conferences anymore? But to pivot away from can we see more women's matches in a pay-per-view to talk about Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs? That's Olympic levels of back- Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, to me. yeah. yeah. So, because it, it, it clearly is not it's not his interest it's not a priority for and, them. and it should be in that noise uh andy sandbox here said the grand slam tournament will last seven days four shows how do we feel about the idea behind a tournament happening this quickly does it change opinions about who is in the tournament and do you think that there should be longer tournament formats continuing the thought uh, i'd love to see a battle of la style three-day tournament over friday saturday and a sunday pay-per-view format and there's a great opportunity of AEW series about more pay-per-views give me bowler at the forum I, I I've not got a problem with short tournaments, no. long tournaments. As as long as the tournaments have a reason, I don't mind it. I'm just like, get on with it. Wimbledon I, happens every other day. Yeah, like well, this thing is like I saw people having a pop at like, what was the point of having uh, qualifying matches to get into the women's four way at all in? I was like, to give the matches stakes. Yeah, and like surely that's better than just saying here are four people they're going to have a match today. Yeah, I agree. I, going back, you know, a number of years, there was a period of time when WWE was just like. Here are the seven people in Money in the Bank. Mm. I was like, oh, why? And why, they would... why these seven? But now they, they've they gone back to doing qualifying yeah. matches. Now all of a sudden, matches on TV have structure. They've got a purpose. They've got a reason. It's the same as qualifying matches to get into a fatal four-way or it's qualifying matches in a tournament. And there are layers to that as well. Like The idea of it's a fatal four-way for, the, for who gets to face Soraya. Um, I, I'd rather that and also Nyla Rose gets to be on TV and some other people get a bit of TV time. That's good. That's a, that, that is good than what used to happen where it was like, here are the, all the divas at once and who will win this 20 second battle royal? And ah, now we have this match. Like, you know, there are layers to all yeah. of that. I'm all right with the tournament game shift on, you know? Right, well, let's end the poll and see what you thought of this episode. Very, very positive reaction to this episode. More positive than I was actually expecting, but, uh, you know, that's the strength of Eddie Kingston. Um, <laughs> thumbs down, 3%, middle, 15 and 81% thumbs up. Yeah, I'm, I'm about here, so that scans with how yeah, I feel. I was about sort of, I was, I was more in the mid right. than I was uh, upwards. Mm. But yeah, it's good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow, myself and Dan Layton, reviewing WWE Raw, which has got uh, one match. Certainly announced. got some matches on it. I no, it's, it's got one match announced. Yeah. And it is. No idea. I know we're going to hear from Cody and we're going oh, to hear yes. from Gunther. But there is a match that was also announced. I cannot think what it is. Uh, I'll tell you right now as I go to WWE.com. It is Rhea Rhea Ripley and, and Raquel. Raquel. It's the title match. The yes. world title match. That's yes. right. So, and there's also. Is Cody that- returns to Raw. Imperium to hold Intercontinental title, something or other. Oh, that's just belts. Uh, Intercontinental title celebration for the ring Hannah Gunther, who is officially the longest reigning of all time. Yeah. There you there go. You go. Uh, so that'll be Raw tomorrow. We'll be back here on the rest of the podcast at the same time, same bat channel. Please do press the subscribe button if it's your first time here and you've made it this far. Leave a comment down below what you thought and make sure you press that thumbs up before you click off this video. Until then, I've been the Ken D-A-D and that has been the Professor Dan Layton. With a very strong shoulder. Jam that jam. And
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.